It's God's grace that saves a sinner, and it's grace that helps him grow. It's God's grace. In Genesis chapter 2, we learn about the origin of marriage. The Creator of all said, It is not good that the man should be alone. God gave us the amazing gift of marriage for us to enjoy our journey on this earth. Today, we will be learning from a series on biblical principles of marriage that will help us cultivate a God-honoring relationship. Here is Pastor Wilkerson. Hello, friends, and welcome to Grace to Grow podcast. I'm glad to be able to share this time with you, and I appreciate so very much. Those who would listen would love to have your feedback from time to time. It would be an honor to hear from you, but thank you for taking time to listen today. We're talking about marriage principles from Genesis chapter number three. And of course, uh, God created everything and he said it was all good. Then he said, it was not good that man should be alone. I'll make it help me for him. And that's when he made uh, Eve. And we see the beauty of uh, the problem was loneliness and without a companion. And then we see God's provision and bringing a partner along with Adam telling him he needed to make her a priority over mother and father to leave and to cleave and then to make sure their relationship was open and they were both naked, the man and his wife and were not ashamed, openness without humility, without, excuse me, embarrassment, which requires humility and, and open communication. Well, Genesis chapter three, time has gone by and Satan comes into the picture and, um, you know, every marriage sings best as a trio and not as a duet. You need God. I need God. You can't even love your wife the way she needs to be loved. And you can't reverence your husband the way he needs to be reverenced without the help of the Holy Spirit of God. You need God uh, to sing as a trio. And a, three co- a threefold chord is not easily broken. Just a quick reminder, every, you know, marriage needs one wedding and two funerals and, and that we need to die to ourselves, and we need to live to God and we can do better things by accident with the Holy Spirit's help than we can on purpose try to do things right on our own. In chapter three we see that Adam and Eve plunge the human race into a sinful state. They reject God and of course Romans five twelve says wherefore is by one man Adam sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. This story is somewhat recapped and illustrated in First Timothy chapter two in the context of prayer. You can see uh, this reference again. Well, we learned some lessons. Number one, the lesson of contentment. Every marriage does better whenever there is a contented union. When people have decided, you know what? God has given me everything I need for my present happiness. Sometimes the enemy of contentment is comparison. We do pretty good till we start looking around and thinking, oh, I don't know why I don't have that, or I wish. And boy, if you're discontent with your spouse, you're in dangerous area because now you'll start looking for options. Contentment. Number two, connection. Working to stay connected emotionally, physically, spiritually, being connected. It's very important. And then communication. And that is an important part of marriage. And you elevate communication, you reduce imaginations. And trying to have a healthy communication with someone or relationship with someone who has a lot of wild imaginations about you (laughs) can be very dangerous and frustrating. And one of the ways to overcome imagination is to elevate communication. And then the last uh, thing we talked about 
on the previous podcast was that of confession, learning to admit and confess and say the same thing when you're wrong, accept the reproof or the rebuke that says, you know what, you have failed and you need to change. You need to confess it. I think these are mature attributes for someone to confess wrong, to change, and to be willing to face their failures. Well, the Lord comes to him, and he asks him several questions, and then the Bible tells us he gave him curses. Each of the people God confronted, and Adam being first, said, the woman that thou gavest me, he even casts the blame onto the Lord. Can you believe that? Well, we get that honestly. We do that sometimes. How many times I've seen people sin, I can't believe God let me do that sin. <laughs> he didn't let you do it. You made the decision to do that. Uh, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. We, 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 we blame God. Well, he did. And then, of course, Eve said, well, it's the serpent that deceived me. And then the Lord strategically begins to bring a curse, first upon the serpent, Satan. And he said, you know what? I'm going to put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And then I think it's a, it's a reference there in verse 15 to the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. One day uh, it would be the seed of a woman, a virgin-born child that would step on the head and, and bruise the head of, um, of Satan. And certainly that is in play today. We see that. Salvation was brought about through the innocent dying for us, the guilty. Verse number 16, he says that that's the curse to, to Satan, but to the woman. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And in sorrow shalt thou bring forth children, and thy desire shall, uh, uh, shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. When he brought a curse to Eve, he said, you know what, I'm going to multiply your challenges to conceive a baby, to have a baby, conception, and to bear a baby, birth, and I'm going to create uh, a, a curse is going to be a desire. Your husband will rule over you, but you are going to try to, some, even though you're not stronger than your husband, you're going to flex muscles he's never seen before and manipulate things whenever you should really uh, submit. Well, that is the curse of sin. And uh, young ladies, when they're 11, 12 years old, they go through a change of life that they begin their menstrual cycle. And if they don't have a menstrual cycle, they don't have a baby. And the complications of that has been very vast. The, the body of a lady is made... Primarily, one of the main things of difference is that she's made to have a baby. That's what she's made to do. And the menstrual cycle makes that possible. But it is not a pleasant thing for a lady to go through. It's very challenging. And he says, you're going to have sorrow to conceive a baby. And you're going to have sorrow and challenge to have a baby. Sometimes to even conceive to have a baby. And then to have a baby and know that your body changes and some ladies, they go through the jaws of death to have a baby. And then he says, your, your tendency is going to try to control your husband. When it says there, thy desire shall be thy husband, I don't think it's talking about, oh, I just do whatever he desires. No, I think there is an innate part of a lady as a result of the curse to control her husband. He's like, honey, no, we're, 
you, I want to put flowers out in front and get a box and I want to do this, I want to do that. And he may say, honey, that's going to be great. Let's do that. But right now we've got several bills holding down on us and let's don't spend $150 at Home Depot. Let's, let's get these bills taken care of. And uh, our tendency for our lady is going to say, you know what, how can I get this done <laughs> without, he already told me no, but I, I want, I still want it so bad. And it can be talking to neighbors or calling dad or finding a way or find a good deal at Menards instead of Home Depot, trying to find some kind of an angle in which to get what he's been. And that's an illustration. And girls, it's not to be a negative. It's just to know your tendency that comes because of the curse. And then lastly, to, uh, to the man, he said, Now, Adam, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and, and you've eaten the tree, he said, several things are going to happen for you. Number one, cursed shall be the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. He said, thorns also and uh, thistles shall bring forth uh, to thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. And the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Basically, man is dealing with, uh, we call it Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will. You ever find something you think, boy, I'm just doing so good right now. And then, boy, one little fender bender takes that away. You know, one little turnover of your car. Like, what happened? Or you chip your tooth or uh, something happens that really sets you back. You lose your phone or it gets cracked. And like you're thinking you're doing good. And now you're you're putting out $700 for something. You're like, ah. What in the world? Well, join Adam's world. When that happens to you, you can thank the devil for that. <laughs> because he said, now it's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be a walk around check, clipping a little banana leaves and checking on tiger's ears. No, he said, now you're going to deal with thorns and thistles and real challenges. And then he said, by the sweat of thy brow, he said, then you're also going to want to rule over your wife. You know, ruling is not, I don't think, God's initial plan. He wants... The husband to be the head and the loving leader, not the dictator. Some some men, they go from I do to you better. And in their wedding vows, they, I do to you better. And they become tyrants and, and they push that wearing the pants in the family, if you will, proverbially used. But listen, I don't think that's God's major intent. He wants you to be a loving leader. He said, but you're going to have a tendency to rule over your wife. At the end of the story... We see that God made a commitment to them. No, they had to be separated from the garden. That's what death does. It separates. And sin brings death. But he committed to them. He covered them. The clothing of animals. He, he loved them. He cared for them. And they went on to live life uh, with a relationship with God because of his commitment. And they committed to each other. The first human beings probably had scores and scores of children over their six, seven hundred years of life. And uh, they went on to, to great, great uh, blessings in spite of their sin, but because of the commitment of God and their commitment to each other. Thank you for letting me share these uh, marriage principles with you today on the podcast. May the Lord bless you and give you a wonderful day in Jesus. The opportunity for a man and woman to be one flesh is a gift given to us by God. We pray this series will be an encouragement and tool that allows you to keep investing in your marriage so that it may be a light of God's love in this lost world. Please consider sharing this podcast so it may be a blessing to others. 
Have a great day in Jesus. Gives us grace to grow.